Hello and welcome to Saturn Returns with me, Kagi Dunlop. This is a podcast that aims to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt. Most of us, if we're honest, only ever dream a half dream. And so it's about then, well, what is the big dream? If none of this was like, I knew, what would your life be like? What is it that you want? Where is it the direction? Like, I talk a lot about your true north, like the compass of your heart being in your true north. What is your true north? Now, I'm very excited because I'm reunited in this episode with my friend, Kirsty Gallagher. Back by popular demand, you guys seem to really enjoy last season's episode where we discussed everything to do with the moon and her work around lunar living. And in this episode, I got Kirsty back because the first time around, we just went into the basics. And now we really like home in on how you can really work with the lunar cycle to start manifesting things into your life, to start really unearthing some things that have been bothering you for a while. So we kind of go into the four different sections that you can use. And mainly the big thing is journaling around this. So I learned a lot from it. And I've only just started working with the moon over the last, I guess, year and a bit. So I just love it whenever Kirsty and I spend time together because she's got such a great energy. She's become one of my dearest friends. And that's all through this podcast that we met. And so I'm very grateful for her. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did and learn something from it. But firstly, before we get into this episode, let's quickly check in with Nora, our astrological guide for the season. The moon in astrology reveals, among many things, how you like to be nurtured, how you emote, the affection you received or didn't receive during your childhood. It represents who you are when you feel emotionally secure and loved and when you feel emotionally insecure and unloved. There's a lot one can derive from the moon in one's birth charts, but the most valuable revelation of it, in my opinion, is the subconscious, our receptive, yin, absorbing, and at times dormant nature. By understanding the state of the moon at the time of birth, we can access our subconscious blockages, our subconscious desires. We can access what is truly our own nature and what has been nurtured, what has been imprinted on our subconscious during our early years. So then we can understand more how our life story has been unfolding and how to take charge of it. The moon is the gateway to our subconscious. And it's like Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So Saturn return brings us several opportunities to make the um, subconscious conscious. Whether we recognize it or not is up to us. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Our episode last season was like everybody just absolutely loved it Mm, so nice and things have been going really well for you haven't they they have can you tell us what's been going on I guess I've been one of those lucky people who since the start of the last lockdown even in March Mm -hmm. I started to utilize the opportunity I guess for more of a community because one of my main reasons even for doing Lunar Living in the first place was to create a community of people where we knew we were in this together. So whenever we felt something around the lunar cycles or the effects of Mercury retrograde, or even if you were the Saturn return, when you're going through it, you feel like you're literally the only person in the world experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to bring 
a community together of people who are like, I'm feeling this too and I've got you and you've got me and this is incredible. So I started doing kind of live yoga moon meditation classes where we'd gather together under the energies of the moon and share how we were feeling and experience those energies together. And they've been going so incredibly. Because I definitely noticed since all of this has happened this year Mm. that... I feel like there's been a massive shift in in the sense of community. And I think before when people had work and that kind of infrastructure, that was the community. But now that people are more at home and working remotely and stuff like that, they're craving something that's a bit more esoteric. And so this kind of thing seems to have completely boomed, really. Absolutely. And I think even I remember when we very first went into the, the first lockdown back in March and... I think it was on Chris Evans and he kind of said to me about the moon and and uniting people. And I was saying to him that the moon is one of the only things in the world that brings everyone together. We all see the same moon in the same sky in the same phase at the same time. We all experience a full moon on the same second and a new moon in the same second. And there's not many things anymore that unify us. And my mum and I even used to have this little thing in lockdown because my family is still all up north where my mum would look at the moon and I'd know I was looking at the same moon as her. And so even all of us being apart, we can still all look at the same moon and feel the energies together. And it's it's unifying to know. Yeah, and perhaps it's from meeting you and do it, because obviously the Saturn Returns podcast only started in lockdown as well, which is yes. crazy because I feel like we've both been on. Like, I know, it feels like what we've both been doing this year is just kind of insane the way it's gone. But I've definitely noticed a lot more people interacting with this kind of work and like a lot more of it on social media and it becoming a lot more normal I guess it's like normalized to it within the conversations that I have within my friendships within my like people I work with saying you know are you feeling this full moon or whatever whereas like a year ago that just wasn't in my language I think a lot more people though have slowed down over this time because before we were so busy that from 7am to some people 9, 10pm, they'd be on the go running, 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 running. So you wouldn't have time to tune into energies. People have got more time now, I think, to spend with themselves. And even for a lot of people that spending time alone brings up a lot of issues and and things and thought processes. So I guess people have even got into more the esoteric to understand themselves a bit more while we've had this more alone time or downtime where... In the world pre this, there were so many distractions. I feel like people have just suddenly had this moment to either be alone or even relationships suddenly actually have to spend time with the people you live with, Mm. in close proximity with those people that you live with. And so I guess... Or with yourself. Oh, yeah. And for a lot of people, I think they find that really quite scary. So difficult. And confronting. So difficult. It's, it's so, I'm only smiling at you because it leads us just beautifully into talking about how to work with lunar cycles and how to get the most out of them. And that's one of the main things is to just, even if we've got a lot more time now, but even beforehand in our, our I mean, do we use the word normal, but our old lives, I used to say to people, even if you can just carve out knowing a dark moon is coming, a new moon is coming, even if you can just carve out two hours of an evening where you don't make a plan to go out there and be busy and instead you make that plan to sit and to be with yourself, to check back in, to catch back up. Why would you say is the main reason people aren't able to be there in the moment? 
We're afraid of listening to that deep inner stirring because that deep inner stirring highlights us to where we're out of alignment. Mm. And one of the things I talk to people about a lot is that we have choice in life. It's, it's a, a human privilege that we have choice in, even in terrible situations of what we're going through now, we have a choice of how to react to it. We have a choice of where we put our attention in all of this right now. We have a choice of whether we view this as an opportunity for growth and learning or the worst thing that's ever happened to us. And our choices will create the narrative around how we deal with this situation. So for many people, when we can deny there's something wrong, we can pretend that there's nothing wrong, we can not listen to our emotion or suppress or eat away our emotion or drink away our emotion or party away our emotion. Numb. Numb our emotions. We don't then have to face the fact that we're not quite living the life that we want to live. Whereas I feel like all of a sudden when you get faced with that moment of stillness and like me, I look around and I go, how many hours a day going out of the house at 7 a.m. and not getting back in until 10? Wow. And then I had to make that choice of, well, how do I now change this? How do I, if I don't want to live this way, how do I want to live? And how do I focus my intention to make that new life happen? And then that that involves then me, A, making a choice and B, having to actually do something about making a change. And again, make it everybody else's fault. Yeah, so the thing that keeps coming up for me now is, is victimhood. Mm. It's like, and I don't think people are necessarily conscious or aware of it, but it, we get stuck in this victimhood consciousness of like, this is happening to me, you know, everything's bad. I'm, you know, the victim in the story of my life. And, mm-hmm. and that is a choice. And that was actually something that was like a huge component to my Saturn return journey. I, I remember when I was went to a retreat in Spain at 27, we had to do this exercise. It was like a, a very sort of spiritual deep dive. And at that point I was dipping my toe in the water, but it was quite full on for me. Mm. I was like, I don't belong here. And to be honest, I was judging everyone there. I was judging like the whole thing. And my ego was just intercepting, being like, let's fly home. This isn't the retreat of like green juice and yes. kind of yoga and stuff. This is like you know, this is hardcore. I don't want to be here. And anyway, there were my friend that a girl that I actually went to school with, but we were reconnecting at this point. And she was like, just give it the day. And we started doing these things like, um, free movement and kind of like, I was tapping into my body in this way that I, I was like totally disconnected from my body. I was all up in my head. And this thing that emerged through the course of the week during a couple of days of silence and also when we had to do, we had to do like a a line and it was the line of our life and like we had to pinpoint key relationships that had come up. And that could Mm -hmm. be like, you know, an interaction with someone in a a shop one day. If that felt significant, that was significant. Or, you know, romantic relationships, our parents, like relationships, whatever. And as we were like writing through, I was kind of like, what are we, why are we doing this? Why? And then, yeah. the, and then we had to like pick out the really, really key ones. And then it was like another layer, another layer. And this was just going on and on. And then there was a list of questions that we then had to apply to that person that they'd given us. Wow. And we were going through it all. And it's, it seemed all like random and not significant. And then there was this one question that came up. And I remember, I remember reading it and going, don't understand the question. <laughs> and it was, what role did you play in this? And I just was what like... What do you mean? <laughs> Me? I was like, uh, I literally went to Steph and I was like, I don't get it. And she was like, well, what role did you play? And I was like, I literally, that's how blocked I was. Yes. In my own like, victimhood consciousness. I was like, things are happening to me. 
And it's like, it's not my fault. Yes. And then suddenly I was like, oh, I have a role to play in all of this. And actually, like, I'm the one essentially putting out that energy and, and, and making more of it happen. But it's a really scary thing when you acknowledge that because you're suddenly like, I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for Absolutely. my life. And everything that's happening, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. And even I have to catch myself with it now when I, like, snap back into to a default setting of, like, it's a lack of trust in self, really, that yes. victimhood consciousness. And it's also an inability to really, like, look in because we're terrified that if we look in, we'll judge so badly that we'll actually, like, hate ourselves, which I, I guess I probably did do. And I think such an important thing is to take away that judgment. And that's what, you know, being friends with you and doing this kind of work and like working with the moon, I'm like, always the first thing is like, take away all judgment. That story's so incredible. Cause for me, it, <laughs> it really, I mean, I laugh to myself cause I can hear your little voice going, why are they asking me about me when they're talking about how everyone else is like, falls? Oh, and he did that, and they did that. <laughs> but I didn't do anything. That's the moment. And I, I say this in, even in my Luna Living Sisterhood a lot, that's the moment you take back your power. Mm-hmm. Because while it's somebody else's or something else's fault, you have to wait for that person or thing to change before you can be okay when you're yes. in that mentality. It's my boss's fault that I'm unhappy. So therefore I have to wait for my boss to be nicer until I can be happy in my job. It's my boyfriend's fault that I feel like this because if he didn't behave like that, I wouldn't feel this way. Until you have to look at, as you just so beautifully described, your part to play in all of this. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you do, you then take back your power because you don't have to wait for anything external to change anymore mm-hmm. you've got the power but again a lot of people are afraid of the power they have because it's yeah. easy when life is done to them as soon as we realize that we do have power over our own lives something scary in that there's a big amount of responsibility in that and also it's it's unknowing everything you've always known I say that all the time to clients I'm not going to teach you anything we're going to help you to unlearn a lot of the things that you've been told and taught especially for women historically those women that have gone out there and got what they want have been met with who do you think she is and check her out and there's something again to be said for and this is what Luna Living again does is that there's something to be said now for we've got to start to champion each other Mm. we've got to start to look at the woman going after what she wants and go oh my god if she can do it so can I oh my god look at her how can I support her rather than who does she think she and the only reason we do that is because there's a part of us that wishes we were doing that totally but we can't and so it's time to rise and even reach out to that woman and be like hey how did you do that because I'd love to be able to do that you and I speak about I mean Taurus moon Taurus sun we've got very similar Mm -hmm. and we talk about that a lot about rising up and we have a good support network, I guess, as well in each other of helping, but that's what traditionally women would get together every new moon and they would support each other and they would say to each other, and this is back centuries and centuries ago, but, and they had different things going on then in life, but how can I support you? What do you need? Where are you at? What's going on with you? This well, is where we need to come back, back to. To the feminine wound, doesn't it? Yes. That we were all sort of put up against each other yes. when there were the witch, witch trials and stuff yeah. like that. So there is... And I have to be quite conscious of it because it just it just comes up. It's an ancestral yes. thing. And you're suddenly like, ooh, I'm feeling really like bitter or resentful or like this sort of scarcity mentality. And I was actually writing about it the other day in terms of 
I felt like sometimes within the friendship group that I was in, that I was scared to get up from the table because I'd feel like there may be a dagger in, in my back. Oh. And then I, was, I suddenly was like, do I want to be sitting at a table where there's a dagger well, in my back? That, yes. yes. But I think a lot of people will relate to that because we just go into a friendship circle mm-hmm. and there's like a subconscious contract where it's like, okay, we'll stay, we'll stay in this space and no one like steps out of it. No one evolves too much. No one grows too much because mm-hmm. it will highlight that I haven't. And we kind of like stay in this like stagnant yes. place. And then if someone moves and tries to like go in a different direction, develop personally, people don't like it often. Yeah. And so like that sort of filtering out of relationships can be quite a painful one because mm. there is this sort of this in between. But then people like the way that you and I came into each other's life, yes. for instance, it's just like there's just support there. Yeah. And we're on our own paths and we kind of like want the best for one another. Absolutely. But you have to you have to trust that that will come in and also like really address that part of you. Because we all possess it of like I'm feeling bitter like oh I don't want to help that person where is that really coming from is that like my truth or is that something old that's not mine and kind of really dismantle that but that's the key we have to begin to feel our emotions again because mm. we feel bitter we've learned bitterness is actually I mean all emotion to me all emotions beautiful bitterness as you've just said in that moment makes you stop and go oh why am I feeling this? I'm feeling this because they've maybe got something that I want. Mm. Okay, so why don't I have it? Oh, because actually I don't really believe in myself enough mm-hmm. to go after it and I've been procrastinating. And so actually the person I'm bitter towards in many ways is, is yourself. yourself. Yeah. But what we'll it's project like, that. It's like you said, it's the out of alignment thing. And there, and there are two types of work that really help with this. Your human design can, and actually yes. mine... When I'm out of alignment, my thing is bitterness. So now whenever I'm feeling bitter, I'm like, I'm out of alignment. I need to adjust the sales. Like I get some stuff on social media sometimes, not very often, but like I try and be my most authentic self now. And it always comes with its challenges, especially Mm -hmm. when it's like, a thing for me is putting out my poetry feels really raw and vulnerable yeah. because I know, like, again, the people I grew up with would be like, how lame. Yes. <laughs> I've probably said it to each other being like, this is so lame. But because it's something that I've always done, it's like such a truthful aspect to me. And even like I put up something last night and someone Bless sent me you. a thing <laughs> saying, <laughs> someone sent a thing being like, just LOL, like like laughing at it. And I was like, it triggered me a little bit, but then I was just like, nah. And again, you've got to think about that age old thing that I come back to a lot. If I'm not going to take advice from you, I'm not going to take criticism from you. When you work in something like we do, where it's our passion, it's been life-changing for us. Like for you to do music, and I know this again, and I've pushed you to put your music yeah, out no, there a lot. I've got such blocks around it. I know, because it's a passion. It's something, it's a part of you that no matter what, no matter how much you deny it, the yearning and the burning is in there because... This is your dharma, it's your purpose. It's one of the reasons you were put on this earth. We never feel that way about something unless it's truly purposeful mm-hmm. and intended. Well, as in, yeah, because I always thought, well, I get such a bad anxiety around performing that it can't be right for me. And then I read somewhere, it was like the opposite of, of love isn't hate, it's indifference. As mm. in, if something, if you're indifferent about something, you then don't yeah, care. maybe it's not. You have to care right. to still hate something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like to have a strong physical yes. or emotional response. So I, I, I don't know, people say, 
what is hell it's be, it's being met by your potential like when you die and realizing you never became it yeah and I was like gulp <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we veered off course a little bit. We always do. We always do. But let's get back to the moon and its magic. Where do we begin? In terms of working with like four aspects of it, let's say. Four aspects. So this is a question I get asked a lot about where do I start? It's all really complicated. And I understand in the beginning, yes, it is. But start really simple. I get so many people really upset messaging me being like, I didn't do my intentions last night. And I'm like, well, then do them tonight. Like, mm. It's all okay. Mm. Grab a pen and a piece of paper, five minutes, you're that's in, you're it. out. But you're holding yourself accountable. And that's what Lunar Living does. It keeps us accountable so that we don't set a New Year's intention. And then suddenly in November, we're like, oh no, didn't do, do anything, anything, forgot about it. So we start with the new moon. I always have to include the dark moon because that's the place in the the lunar cycle that holds so much power. So the dark moon is about the three days before the new moon. And the dark moon is the lowest energy and emotional point of the lunar cycle. So it's when we feel the most emotional. It's where everything gets on our last nerve. It's when we feel really raw and exposed. It's when we take everything in that everyone says to us. It's when we really feel the most in our victim and our most vulnerable And the reason that this happens is because our emotions are indicators of what's going on inside us. Mm -hmm. So just like the moon turns the tides on the earth, we have this same watery inner world of our emotions. And the moon takes us into those emotional depths to say, what are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Bitter, sad, angry, brilliant. Who are you feeling bitter towards and why? Who are you feeling anger towards and why? What are you feeling sad about and why? Because these are all those areas where your life is out of alignment. This is what you need to know. This is like the true snapshot of your life right now in these few emotional days. So pay attention. When the new moon comes then, the new moon says, okay. Sorry to interrupt. How how many days is that before the new moon? So again, don't complicate it. There's about eight phases. Well, there is eight phases. There's eight phases. Each one lasts about three and a half days. Mm -hmm. So I normally give three days to each phase. So about three days before the new moon. And so if you start to look at a calendar or come onto my social around that time, you'll suddenly be like, oh. Yeah, because I'm thinking as you're saying this, I'm looking back and I was like, wow. At that dark moon, I was literally in like... The depths. The depths. And actually, I talk quite a lot about um, our menstrual cycle and how that aligns with it. And now mine has moved from the new moon to To the the dark moon. Oh, to the dark. Okay, perfect. Which meant it was like a double Double whammy. whammy. I was just like, oh! Because that is something that the cycles of nature want you to really be in. They want you to be in that moment because then they're like, brilliant. Okay, so now what? Mm -hmm. Because so many of us never stop to check in with what do I actually want? Mm. And many of us, and I talked about this because the last new moon we had was in Scorpio. And the Scorpio moon likes us to dream a little bit bigger. And there's lots of aspects with this moon that meant we were being asked to, to expand and to go bigger. Most of us, if we're honest, only ever dream a half dream. Yeah, I love that. We only ever dream a half dream because we're always there's that, that little voice true, that but... says, yeah, but if you really dream that big dream, and what if it doesn't come true? What if you don't get there? What if you don't make it? What you need to dream yeah. this half dream down here. Actually. And so... It's about then, well, what is the big dream? If none of this was like, oh, in you, 
what would your life be like? What is it that you want? Where is it the direction? Like I talk a lot about your true north, like the compass of your heart being in your true north. What is your true north? Where is your direction and what are you headed to? Is that connected with your north node and south node? Yes. Yeah. Towards your true north. Because interestingly, I was looking back, because I'm still like a newbie really with with all this stuff and the terminology and because I'm quite dyslexic it does tend to go in one ear yeah. on the other a lot of the time but when I was looking back at a astrology reading that I'd had like I don't know several months ago and it was on zoom so it was recorded and of course there was like so much stuff that was said in it that just went in one ear and out the yeah. other but she was looking at my south node and my north, north node. node and so in my south node it was all this energy of like giving to community creating space like you know the podcast all that kind of stuff and giving she was like but you have to balance out with where your north node is in pisces which is your kind of emotional self and your expression in terms of like performing and things like that yes. and it basically it made me think of you because you're always like why aren't you singing why aren't you doing that and it was, she's like you need to do the stuff that gives you purpose yep. not just giving to, out to other people because if it's imbalanced you'll feel bitter Lovely. and so I was like ah oh, that's really yeah. interesting so those are quite important things then to perhaps then go into within this work to look at where your north node and your north south node is so that yeah. you can get that balance yeah. right yeah when I talk about true north, it's about that. It's about what is your your purpose, your your deep inner calling. What is it that you yearn for? What's that longing that just comes back over and over and over again that you can never quite seem to get past? Mm. That's where we need to head for. Because it's it is about your soul's purpose, and in that sense, it can't be dependent on the response. Mm-hmm. Because if it was always dependent on the response and the outcome, like you're always going to be wanting more. So it's got to be more about how that feels for you connecting with that part of yourself, regardless of how it is within this world, if that makes sense. All most of us want is to be happy, to just be happy and feel like we're on purpose. And to not have a purpose in life is one of the most difficult things for anybody, to feel like you don't have a purpose. But do you think we all do? Not even a purpose necessarily for this big soul vision. Again, this is something I talk about to people a lot, that not everyone can do what I did and quit a job, a big job in marketing and and run away to India to be a yoga teacher. Like for most people, that's not going to be a valid thing. And the world wouldn't necessarily work if that were the case. But all of us have a purpose. But what we need to do is take away our purpose being our job. Right. So that's where most yes. people get caught up, that they want their purpose to be their job. For some people, they're lucky enough that it is. But for others, why can't you just allow the work that you do, as long as it's enjoyable, to be the work that you do? And your purpose might be singing, but just for fun. Totally. Or it might be being a beautiful parent to your children and coming home at the end of the day, being able to close the door, not answer an email and get on the floor with your kids and push around toy mm. cars. Your purpose might be to be the friend that everyone comes to in a time of need because you've just got the right words to say to them. Mm -hmm. Your purpose doesn't have to be your work. It's quite a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves that our work is our identity, is our purpose. And actually, I think that that leads us into a lot of trouble. And it has me because I think, you know, for what I want to do with singing and stuff, it's like... It doesn't need to be this massive thing. It It's just a way that I express myself. But every time I've tried, I think because of being in the public eye, people are like, she's trying to be a pop star. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually just trying to do something that like brings me, me joy. some joy. Yeah. And I think I've really noticed with a lot of people that I speak to is they have this 
passion and this calling to do something, but they don't allow themselves to express it because it doesn't tie in with their career. So they actually like deny themselves it entirely because of that very reason. So I think it's a really interesting thing. And this is where, again, because you and I, we're going gonna to be here for nine hours. <laughs> Working in lunar cycles can be so powerful in this, though, because you get those checking opportunities. The first quarter moon is where this shows up, and the last quarter moon is where you get to release this. So month on month, you start to call yourself out, basically, on your own bullshit. You start to realize month after month that, oh, my God, I have this same repetitive negative thought every single month. Mm. I'm going to do something. Whereas when the voice is there, most of us don't know the voice is there it's a voice we've lived our whole lives until we start to really take that step back and listen to the voice and go hold on for a second well as in because it's coming up at the same time it'll come up at the same time or it'll be the same story or the same the same every month so then at least we start to because we're consciously taking a look at ourselves taking a look at our intentions and our purpose and our dreams we get to consciously then see what stands in the way and nine times out of ten, it's us. Yeah. It's us that gets in our own way. Mm. The outside world doesn't actually care as much as we think. I know. They do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't. I always think of it as like I went once went to see a healer, and I was talking about kind of trying to go. I was so obsessed in tunnel vision on the music at that point that I had to become this like superstar pop star because that's what everyone had told me like was the successful way of doing it. And she was like, it's really not resonating in your body. I was like, oh, I know, I've been doing it for so long. And she was like, just calm down. She was like, just calm down. She was like, keep talking about the things you like. And I was like talking about poetry and like storytelling. And she was like, these are all true. These, you know, light you up. And she was just like, open yourself up. She was like, take off this backpack of like yes. pressure and, and expectation and also this idea that you're going up a mountain with like the world behind you. When you mm. turn around and you're like, there's no one behind me. I'm making this difficult for myself. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We do. No one gives a shit. Yeah. And that again comes back to what we talked about. It feels like seven hours ago at the beginning of this, like we have a choice in everything. And when we take back that responsibility for our own lives, then we realize that we're the ones in control of all of this. And if we work with that beautiful old moon in the sky, we can really begin to harness all of this. Mm. But then we need to stop micromanaging the universe. Yeah. So we have so many expectations of I want that and it can only happen like that, 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 that or that mm. or else that's it. And I'm going to like lose my shit and that I'm not having it. And when we try to micromanage, we lose all of the joys of the different directions we mm-hmm. could go in. Everything will come in its own perfect time in its own perfect way. So we need to set that intent, set our true north and then almost drop it and go out yeah. and have fun exactly. while the moon in the universe goes, okay, I got, I you. got you. Here we go. Let me put all this in place. And we just need to be enjoying ourselves in the meat and not making it so serious and clinging and holding and pulling. Well, look, the way I see it, it's like the mind only gets you so far and yes. actually you have to relinquish control. And that's like a really... Hard thing. I think when we, when you came over like a couple of months ago, I'd gone through like some weird relationship turbulent yep. stuff. And after I had eventually let go and stopped being dragged because I was resisting yeah. so much, <laughs> then suddenly I arrived at exactly where, where I wanted to be. But I needed all that stuff to happen for me to get First, there. Yeah. Whereas we're like, no, this is taking me off course. But it's actually not. It's just like redirecting you in the way that yes. the universe wants you to go. Absolutely. The new moon is the beginning of a whole new moon cycle. So it's like that moment where we plant the seed, it's the blank canvas, it's where we get to begin, we get to start again. 
So on the new moon, we set the intentions for what it is that we do want. This is for the next lunar cycle, so for the next 29 and a half days, but I also keep a couple of intentions as well for something that might take a couple of lunar cycles. Mm -hmm. So I might have a three or a six month thing as well that I want to work with. I'd say don't work with more than three, five maximum. Things. Yeah, because otherwise it becomes a self-sabotage when we give ourselves yeah. 25 like, and we don't do anything about anything. Yeah, and then it becomes too big. <laughs> and so again, I say to people, when you first start working with lunar energies, pick something really, like when people start working with the law of attraction and they ask for a car parking space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the car parking space we don't hold any real emotional attachment to. So if it comes or it doesn't, we're not going to throw ourselves totally. on the floor and be really upset. If mm. we didn't get it, we might be a bit disappointed. Start with smaller things. You can build that confidence and trust in yourself. You said it beautifully before about how we lack trust in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what an intention gives us is an intention isn't like a goal. So a goal is something external, like um, I want to be able to run 5K. But the intention behind running a 5K would be that I want to actually, what I really want is to be able to feel fit and well and healthy feeling, enough yeah. in my body that I can do that. The intentions are feeling exactly. Mm. So once we get the feeling behind what we want, then we can start to put that into action. And I think it's really important because when we say get specific, people then are like, oh, I'll get specific on like the car make I want or whatever. But it's not about that. It's about the energy. So like if it is, say, a romantic partnership that you're wanting to call in, don't start listing listing like what's on their CV and how much money they're making. (laughs) Like be like, what does the energy of that person feel like? How like do our energies feel together? Like those kind of things that are less tangible, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I think that the universe responds a lot better to that. Yes. And so even to our subconscious mind, our subconscious mind works our feelings. Yeah. You can say anything you you want. But if you don't feel what you're saying, it won't make any difference whatsoever. So we have to be able to feel it. To get into that feeling. Yeah. And so again, when I write intentions and I get people to write intentions, I want to know how those words make you feel. Like when you read them, do you feel as passionate as you do about singing when you read those words? Do you feel like, yes, that's something I really, really, really want? Or do you go like, I would like to get a... Like Mm -hmm. you've got to put that feeling behind it. Mm -hmm. So those intentions are about... And remember, we're working with something here mystical and magical, so go a bit dreamy into it as well. Of like, if the whole universe and whole of the stars and the planets are on your side, like, what would you want? Get into that real feeling of adding a little bit of mysticism and magic to it all as well. As the light of the moon and the the moon grows and grows and grows, our energy builds with the light and the energy of the moon. So we'll start to feel more energized. We'll come out of that little dark moon funk. We'll start to feel like there's a little bit of like a glimmer of hope. We'll start to feel like things are, are kind of, there's potential out there. There's opportunity out there. So as the moon waxes and waxes, it's almost like the growing light of the moon begins to direct us to where we want to go. So we'll start to find with the waxing moon that we'll think about someone they might call. We've got to be really looking out for the signs and synchronicities. We'll need some information and someone will tell us about a book or we'll see a book sitting next to us on a table that someone's reading and we'll be like, oh, that book looks really interesting. Notice the signs, notice the synchronicities. Exactly. Do as much as you can This is the outward facing part of the lunar cycle where you also need to put yourself out there. So the universe will always meet you halfway. You Mm. can't just sit at home and expect your new partner to come unless he's the postman. (laughs) (laughs) 
you, he's not going to be knocking on your door. I love that. So, because I definitely used to do that. I used to just wait, be like, why is it happening? <laughs> You've got to come outside. But even if that's just, and again, to your point before, you're not necessarily going to go to bars because you're not going to meet a man that wants to go to bars. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be more a walk in the park or... And it's it's not... It's not that thing of being like, okay, well, I'm looking for this, so and now I've got to go out and find it. Because no. I'm such a believer, like, the more you're searching for something, the less likely you are to Absolutely. find it. It's just more about, okay, what feels like the right thing to do today? Like, the way that we always bump into each other in, in Hyde park. park. It's really weird. Okay, me and Kirsty literally go into Hyde Park... We have no plan on meeting nope. and we just walk straight into yes. each other and neither of us go the same route. Yep. We go squiggly routes every time. And nearly every time we do it, we say, oh my goodness, I never walk down this path. Yeah, but something said to me today to just walk down it. We do that all the time And now. then we stop and have like the chat that we need to have. Yes. And it's so cool. And that's how it happens. So it's at least putting yourself in a situation where something could happen yeah. without thinking I'm going to go to Hyde Park today to make this happen. Yeah. It's about, I'm going to go and walk today. I'm going to go and put myself in to this yoga class today and, and all these things yeah. that we can do that at least put our energy out there. Yeah. A week after the new moon, you get that first quarter moon. So this is the time just to pause and have that little mini check-in because the first quarter moon brings two things. It first of all brings a sense of things starting to come together. So we'll get that energy of like, oh, halfway to the full moon. Yeah, it kind of feels like there's something a bit exciting about there. What's coming together? What's working? What am I doing that feels like it's moving me in the right direction? Equally, this is where your inner critic will show up. So this is where your inner critic will go, are you really sure? You you can't really do that. Like, how about you probably just don't bother because you probably won't achieve it anyway. So this is the time to notice why and what are you doubting? Who are you doubting? Why are you doubting in yourself? What's the voice of the inner critic saying? Don't do anything about it. Don't sit there and agree with it. Just make a note if you journal in your journal of, I feel like this is coming together because I made these couple of phone calls and I sent out my CV to a few places or I got clear on what I want for my relationship and I, I kind of feel in that space now. Right? I feel romantic. I feel that energy. But equally... These are also some of the other thoughts I'm having. Then just carry on about your life as the moon gets bigger and bigger and bigger towards full. You'll start to feel your energy rising. We have a lot more energy around a full moon. That's why the energy out there on the street feels so crazy because that lunar energy is now like, what last big push can you give to this? You've set these intentions. You've been going out there throughout the waxing moon. This is a time as the waxing lunar cycle as well to say yes. If someone calls and invites you somewhere, say yes. Just say yes, say yes. Even if it feels a bit odd, you can leave if you don't like it. Say yes, because you just don't know what's going to happen when you get there. It's a time when anything that's presented to you, any opportunity, as much as you can put yourself out there, do it. And then as the full moon comes, the full moon is a time of um, completion, celebration, and then release. So when we get to the full moon, we're going to again feel that emotional intensity. But this time, the emotional intensity seems to be much more on the surface. What most people describe to me they feel around a full moon is either anger or frustration. And again, I believe to our point earlier that it's actually frustration at ourselves. Because when we look back on the last two weeks since the new moon, 
when we review those two weeks of, okay, what's happened, we'll normally be like, why didn't I say yes to that invite? Mm. Well, I didn't say yes because I got a bit scared that the people that were there maybe wouldn't like me and I wouldn't fit in, so I didn't go. Why did you not go over that after that opportunity or go over to that person's house when they invited you? Oh, because I, I thought that I might not get it anyway, and so I didn't do it. And so we need to look at that frustration around a full moon because normally it's frustration at the missed opportunities. Yeah. At the things we didn't go for because we listened to that little voice mm-hmm. that said, hang back, don't go there, don't do stay it. Small. Stay small. Stay small. On a full moon, think about it. The moon is out there in the sky in her full glory. She is shining as bright as she can, unapologetically. She's not going to dim for anybody. And she's like, I need you to do the same. So a full moon is like the full moon shines this big light over the last two weeks since that new moon and highlights for us where we didn't go after things. But equally, it's so important at this part of the lunar cycle to celebrate yourself because we never do it. We very rarely celebrate each other, but we're really bad at celebrating ourselves. Mm. That's how you begin to build trust in yourself by going, well, actually, I did send that letter off or I did make that one phone call, or I did put myself out there by going into the park every single day when I wasn't even sure why or what I was doing, or I trusted that instinct that said, go down this path, and then I bumped into Kagi. We, we celebrate those things that we're like, okay, so I, I, I did do some really good things. I, mm. I did make some stuff happen. So take time to really celebrate. And we're what so you did. bad at that. We're so, so bad, bad at being proud of ourselves. So bad. But a full moon is like, shine, tell me, tell me what you did well. Tell me what you did well. And then again, we start to build that muscle in ourselves that says, I'm kind of all right. I, I, yeah, I kind of do know. I, I kind of can do it. I can. And this is where we start to develop that self belief. A week later, we get the last quarter moon, where again, the moon's halfway down to new now. So this is the days you'll look in the sky and you'll see an exact half moon in the sky. This is the release point of the cycle. So as the moon wanes and gets smaller in the sky every day, the energy then is set to help us to let go, to release, to surrender. So we look back now on the first quarter and we look back on well, what stood in my way. And this is where we release the self-doubt, the self-sabotage. We do work around... Um, self-belief work we do work around self-worth we do work around self-love we do work around also removing external things so if we realize and it might take a few lunar cycles that you've got that one friend who's always like oh, really you're gonna you're gonna sing and you're gonna you're gonna put it on instagram when you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not really sure that's gonna be gone what will people say if they've never heard you see you might realize you've got that one friend who quite well meaning you stop telling that friend about your dreams yeah not to say you don't need to be friends with them, but again, I say this to people a lot, be very careful who you share your dreams with because you only want to share them with people that are going to absolutely champion them and help you along the way. You don't want to be sharing your beautiful, precious little box of dreams with people who are going to pick it apart for you. And I actually, I think that's such a a powerful thing to say because I I noticed something with me. Like I, I used to always dream very big. I remember I used to like often telling them to my family before doing anything to action them. And then they would go because they would be met with a like, okay, like stop with the pie in the sky ideas kind of thing, come back down to earth and that's never going to happen and stuff. And it would completely disempower me. So actually I think this is a really amazing way of working with your, with your career essentially and what your aspirations in life, because if you start doing it this way you can build up like you say that trust yes and then keep it to yourself for as for as long as 
it you needs need to. to yeah and, and then be aware of like who you're going to share it with share and it why with. because I think often we well I can only speak for myself as we share it with people because we want that thought to be validated Validation. Yeah. yeah, we want we someone w- else to say you can do it. Yeah, and then we can believe we can do yeah. it because someone else has said we can do and it. And if they don't, if they're met, if it's met with like, I don't know how you do that, we're like, I don't know how to do it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So the best way now is to lead by example. And so again, in the beginning, I think when I first told my family I was quitting my job to go to India and be a yoga teacher, I think they all thought I was crazy. <laughs> but they literally, they literally thought I was crazy. But I've just lived by example, and but and, you fell into it. Yeah. I just knew I couldn't not have gone. Mm. I couldn't not have done it. And so now when I say something like, I'm going to write a book, they all kind of go, okay, then sure. Because yeah. by example, I totally. just kept doing it and doing it. And, and it stopped not work. sharing in the beginning until I'd achieved it. And then it's almost yeah. like, okay, now I've done it. Mm-hmm. This last quarter, I mean, it's that time to, to release anything even externally that's not in your highest vision. So... It might be outdated relationships. It might be the job that you've realized that you really don't want to do and isn't in alignment with you. It might be listening to other people's opinions. Anything that you need to release and let go of that stands in your way. Could even be like drinking or something. Absolutely. I mean, for so many people, I mean, you've done a podcast on this, haven't you? I mean, I've not well, I stopped touched. drinking because that for me was the way that I would sabotage myself. Yeah. I would be like going really, you know, things would be going really well, things were happening, everything was falling into place. Let's go ruin everything by yeah. being like, ow. <laughs> and that was the cycle. But it's terrifying that that's a socially accepted way to sabotage yourself. I know. <laughs> like, you know? It's encouraged. <laughs> it really is. I know. And even that's difficult. Like, I've not touched alcohol for, what, about 15 years. Really? Mm. That's weird that we've never had this conversation. Yeah, about 15 years. See, everyone that comes into my life these days is sober, and it's not like an active choice. They just, like, yeah. it's just, it's well, not so really you start to attract as yeah. well. And once you declare that to yourself so once you even if you're going to work with lunar cycles once you develop then that self-belief in yourself so once you go through a few cycles so you release on the last quarter you come back down to that dark moon you feel all the feelings again you're like okay where am I still out of alignment you go through another cycle once you've done a few of those you'll start to immediately catch okay this is the critic coming up again first quarter moon I'm just about to do something incredible here's the critic trying to pull me back this time around am I going to listen or am I going to be like okay I hear you but I'm still going to go and say yes to that thing Mm -hmm. anyway you'll start to get to full moons and before you even know it you'll be like I did this I achieved that oh my god look at what I actually did do you'll build that trust in yourself to know you can get what you want you can achieve what you want you can let things go mm. you can put boundaries in place last quarter I mean as well just to sidetrack again slightly it's a very brilliant place for boundaries that's where you yeah. set your boundaries around how much I'm going to let you in how much I'm going to let you interfere with what I'm doing how much I'm going to let your opinion matter this is where you start to say no a bit more to other people so you can give that back to yourself and again I think Boundaries don't need to be communicated verbally to the person. Nope. As in, again, where is that coming from? You know, yes. you're going like, I'm putting up a boundary with you because you, you make know. me feel like this. Yeah. It's like, not that's not it. That's not what it's about. Nope. It's about making that statement to yourself mm. and creating that energetic boundary. So you're like, okay, next time this comes around, I'm not going to reinforce my own internal critic by going to someone that's going to essentially say, I can't do this. Yes, Absolutely. And so this is how, do you see how we're working just with one lunar cycle? We've managed to catch our inner critic. We've managed to set intentions. We've managed to realize what we're capable of. We've managed to realize what's in our way and begin to let go of those things and begin to set those boundaries and begin to trust in ourselves enough to know. And as you journey with that, even just for three months, you will know yourself. 
so much better. So much better by the end of those three months, just from four check-ins a month. Because again, how many of us ever sit down once a week to check in with ourselves? And so it's just a beautiful act of self-care more than anything is living in alignment with the lunar cycle of bringing the power and the onus and the responsibility and the choice back to you of this is my life and alongside the moon, I'm going to create some magic in it. And it gives our life more meaning. To our points before, it gives us a purpose of something to check in. It gives us, you can go outside and, I mean, in London, we're a bit more difficult, but we still, you can go outside and look at the moon in the sky. You can go out there and know that that support and that ancient guidance and wisdom that's been there for four and a half billion years is going to be there and you can use it feel use it use that energy that energy that turns the tides that keeps the earth on its axis that gives us seasons like we're so arrogant sometimes as humans to be like nah it doesn't affect me like, all of nature is affected well, by even the fact that our cycle is exactly the same as the cycle of exactly. the moon it's like that's not a coincidence no and so use it go out there use it this is coming out on a full moon <gasps> yeah incredible so okay. So that's great. So if this comes out in a full moon, that means that you've now got two weeks, everyone, to get prepared to look at when the next new moon is. Mm-hmm. So have a look at when the next new moon is, which will be in two, pretty much two weeks' time. So if this yeah. comes out on... 30th. 30th. So the, the Sagittarius new moon will be exactly two weeks later on the Monday. So two weeks today, Sagittarius new moon. So on about the weekend before, start to notice how you feel. And this can be now your little mission to work with the moon for the next, I'd say three months, but if you only want to commit to one, but three months will give you a really good framework. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, my love. My pleasure. This was so fun, and I'm so glad we got to do it again. Me too. And hopefully we'll do something um, for people to work with this. Absolutely. good. Let's do it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, Kirsty's just such a great human being. And she also has, to follow up from her Lunar Living book, a journal coming out. So if you guys enjoyed this episode and need a little prompting in how to work with these stages, check out her journal. It's not going to be out for a couple of months, but you can actually pre-order it. So check it out. And also her book, Lunar Living, is a fantastic read. So if you want a deep dive into the moon and all its wisdom, I highly suggest doing so. Myself and Kirsty are planning some exciting full moon and new moon events. So if you'd like to be involved, please check out more details in the show notes. If you'd like to find me on Instagram, you can at Kaggy's World. And if you'd like a reading with our astrological guide, Nora, she is at Stars Incline. And you can find Kirsty at Kirsty underscore Gallica underscore. This podcast is growing through word of mouth, so please continue to share it with your friends or anyone you think might find it useful and leave us a review on Apple if you are enjoying it. You can also check out our Saturn Returns with Kagi Patreon page if you want to join our growing community. Saturn Returns is a Feast Collective production. The producer is Scarlett O'Malley and the executive producer is Kate Taylor. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and remember, you are not alone. Goodbye.